Good morning, good afternoon, good midday. This is Tide 100.9, Cup of Joe, Midday Madness. Joe Gaither with Seb Shirey on the other side of the glass. Big thanks to our friends Martin and Xavier Houston getting our day started with the Martin Houston Show. You heard them weekday 6 until 7. You got... Our friends Wimp and Barry Sanderson from 7 to 9 on Inside the Locker Room. And we just heard Gary Harris wrap up the Gary Harris Show from 9 to 11. I'll pass it off to Big Noon Sports at 12 o'clock with Christian Miller and Lars Anderson today. We'll have Ryan Fowler on the game at 2, at 2 p.m. And then we'll shut it on down tonight with little Trent Richardson and Chuck Oliver uh, for our evening program. So, so uh, keep it locked in to Tide 100.9. We'll be live and local all day long and download the Tide 100.9 app. It's the best way to keep up with all your career. Crimson Tide news and notes. Want to invite you to jump in and join the show on the Twitter machine at Tide 109 at Septimus 44. At Septimus underscore 44. There we go. Underscore 44. S-E-P-P. T-I-M-U-S underscore 44. And then you can follow me at Joe Gaither 6. Uh, you can send us your comments, questions, queries, and complaints right there on the Twitter machine. You can send us, uh, join the show on the Derek Daniel State Farm hotline at 205-342-9904. I want to say a quick word and actually send out a, a quick prayer to uh, Derry Daniel and his son, Caden. Uh, Caden, you, you guys you guys heard on, on Derry Daniel's last visit on the show, Caden's a big-time uh, youth baseball player. Over the weekend, Caden hit his first home run. It was a grand slam. Great day for Caden Daniel. And then uh, he, he ended up pitching for his team, and they won the game. So that's great. But, oh, my gosh, unfortunate for the Daniels. They ended up in a car accident after the uh, after the the youth league. So both Derek and Caden had broken collarbones, and so Derek is un- is undergoing surgery today. If you know Derek Daniel, give him a, a text or a shout out or a call. Let him know that you're praying for his family because uh, thank the Lord, both bo- both Caden and Derek a okay. But the uh, the car is crunched. Uh, car is crunched, and so we 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 appreciate uh, the good Lord protecting them, protecting Derek and his son in that car accident. I know that Derek's got great car insurance for the car, uh, and you can have great car insurance by joining the Daniel family over at State, uh, Derek Daniel State Farm. Call them at 205-758-3391, and we are absolutely, Derek, thinking about you and Caden as you guys are uh, uh, undergoing a little bit of surgery, recovering from broken collarbones. Oh, my gosh. Just uh, I'd say, uh, Sep, I'll shoot you the photos of the car, and you say uh, when, when you see a broken collarbones are probably the least of their worries. That car is crunched. Uh, Derek told me uh, the 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 driver at fault driver went through three one two three stoplights and 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 smacked them right and right in the front end so uh very very blessed that those guys are a-okay and so thankful that they're okay i saw that i saw those photos i was like oh my gosh Derek, what in the world all right so what are we gonna do for the show today uh look alabama football got some news yesterday so whenever alabama football gets some news that's where we always start trey amos mr trey amos cornerback out of new ib Louisiana transferring in from uh, Louisiana Raging Cajuns, not Louisiana Lafayette. They're not. They don't like that. Uh, they used to be Louisiana Lafayette, right? Raging Cajuns, right? Or was it Monroe? Lafayette. Yeah, uh, they don't like that anymore. They just want to go by Louisiana. Uh, but but my man Trey Amos wants out of Louisiana, and he wants to step up to the big time. So Trey Amos has decided to transfer to our Alabama Crimson Tide. And he's gonna. Yeah, he's playing cornerback. He's a defensive back, and he's had what uh, two or three years of. He had uh, he had three years of college experience. Three years of college experience. My man Tony Sakalas. I'm I'm ripping off your article on AlabamaRivals.com. Thank you so much for uh, your Tide Illustrated. 
work. Uh, so he was over there for three years. He started in 12, 12 games and, and played in 34 games for the Raging Cajuns. Uh, looks like he's got 59 career tackles, one interception, 14 pass breakups, and he's going to have two years uh, eligible, of eligibility right here for the Crimson Tide. And so, all right, let's talk about it. A-Day... One of the biggest positions that I came away with impressed with, most impressed with, was the defensive backs. Maybe that's just because uh, the quarterbacks looked shaky. No, no, no. I think the defensive backs looked really good. I think Kool Aid, I think Terry and Arnold, I think Earl Little, uh, who was the kid who had, was it Earl Little who had the pick in the end zone on, uh, on, on, on Ty Simpson, the diving pick? I think it was uh, Earl Little. Uh, so you've got a lot of talent in the Alabama defensive back room. Uh, and, and, and so I, I, I was. Um, I was a little bit surprised to see uh, the, these, the, de- the defensive back as kind of a, a position of need in the transfer portal. You already saw Trey Amos yesterday join the Alabama Crimson Tide. There's a safety, Jaden Key. Is that correct? The, 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 uh, the UAB safety is, jo- is, jo- uh, is visiting Alabama. He's also in the transfer portal. So, like, obviously, Alabama is trying to bolster up the secondary. Uh, you look at what you've got. You've got Malachi Moore, Kool-Aid McKinstry, Caleb Downs, Terry and Arnold, and it looks like currently they've got Earl Little sort of Christian stories slotted into that star role. So you bring him in, you bring in Trey Amos, and the obvious target is Terry Arnold. Tarion, I love you. I've been a defender of you. And yes, I know that uh, you got burned a bunch last year here, here and there. But I think that, oh, I, I'm a defender. And I think you look good at A-Day. Uh, Tarion, whether you thought you were there or not, uh, you're going to have a big summer, my man. You're going to have to really, really uh, buckle down even more to, to, to ensure that you lock down that cornerback two spot. Whatever happens... With Trey Amos, look, this guy is six foot one, one ninety seven. He's got the length, he's got the he's got the size, he's got the prototypical cornerback body build, and so you know then Nick Saban always going to go after guys who can contribute. Uh, Nick Saban uh, after a day, it was asked about the defensive back position at cornerbacks. We need we need to make a lot of progress. Saban said, I think we've got guys who have a lot of ability to do it, but they have not developed the consistency or the confidence at the position that they need to play uh, the way we want them to play. I think they're very capable but it's going to be a work in progress for us so trey amos becomes probably more than likely the cornerback two to kool-aid mckinstry's cornerback one um i think that really stinks for terry and arnold but look terry and terry don't run to the transfer portal do not run run the transfer portal this guy's got two years of eligibility and let me let you know kool-aid mckinstry is the top five draft pick all right maybe i'm too hard too far kool-aid mckinstry is a top 10 draft pick Kool-Aid McKinstry is going to get drafted in the top 10 12 months from now, 11 and a half months from now, uh, because we just passed the draft. Terran Arnold, you can play. You can play star. You can get a lot of reps at cornerback. You know, you're going to rotate guys in. You got, you, you, we want to keep the bodies fresh. Terrian, don't go running through the transfer portal because I think that you are a real addition to this team. I think that you are a solid cornerback in the making. You just have to get that experience. Terry Arnold didn't really play a whole lot of cornerback in high school. Mentioned last year that he came to Alabama and they said, here, you're playing cornerback. We all know Terrian was kind of a safety, was kind of a wide receiver, running back, skill position guy in the uh, from, uh, in high school. So you, when you come to Alabama in transition positions, <laughs> you're transitioning positions at the D1 level at Alabama where the competition is extremely high, it's going to be a tough road for you. But I, but I think, look, I think he did a good, a good job last year as a freshman. I know he was the subject of a lot of consternation, but I, but I think he did a pretty good job. I mean, look, 
you don't beat Texas A&M without Terry and Arnold. I know he gave up a lot of catches, but that end, at the very end, he had the pass break up to, uh, to, uh, to, to win the ball game. So, Terry and Arnold, I hope that you don't receive this news as a slap in the face. I hope that you received this news yesterday as, uh, as a light, uh, light, light in the fire under your, under your rear end, uh, putting some gas in your motor, saying, you know what, I had a real good spring. Because it looks like you did have a good spring. 8-8, you looked real good. You did not look like an, a liability at all. You and Kool-Aid were batting down, contesting every ball. That's why I'm a little surprised, because I think Terry and Arnold was in on every pass that was headed his way at 8-8. So he looked improved at a day now granted that's just one practice coach Saban's probably seen him all spring and there's been I wouldn't I don't I don't know this but I would imagine inconsistencies just like he says in his quote inconsistencies yes a day was a good day will week one against MTSU be a good day for Ed Terry and Arnold I don't know and I think that's what coach Saban's trying to understand and, and trying to uh, get to the bottom of and if it's not going to be a good day for Terry Arnold that's why Trey Amos comes in and says hey there's another guy who if you are in your head or if you are just not quite there yet physically whatever the case may be Trey Amos offers Alabama a second real starting option at the cornerback position and then and, and then Terion doesn't is, isn't under as much pressure to go right out there develop shut guys down that you're not quite ready to cover still looking to see what what, what we're going to do let's see did, did I have it was it Jaden Key was it was that the UAB boy? Uh, UAB, let's see. Yeah, Jay Lynn Key. Excuse me, Jay Lynn Key is the UAB safety who's also in the transfer portal who uh, he visited Alabama pretty recently. Uh, over the weekend, I believe they visited, visited together, Trey Amos and Jay Lynn Key. Uh, and look, if you bring, on, bring in another safety, what you're telling me is we like Caleb Downs. We like Christian Story. We like Malachi Moore. But we want just just a little bit more. There's nothing wrong with either of those three guys. Malachi Moore, just a tad undersized, just a tad. Caleb Downs, you're a freshman, you're a true freshman. Christian Story, a tad undersized as well. But none of those things are. Oh, you can't play for Alabama. You can't play on this team. Those they're just small negatives. And you bring in J- J- Jalen Key. If you if you bring in Jalen Key. The reason is you bring him in is those small negatives to try to mask or cover up or fill in some of those small negatives. Give Caleb Down somebody to really lean on, somebody with experience. I mean, this Jaden Key, he's a uh, da, 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 he's been with UAB. Da, 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 da. Oh, this would have been real key to have. Uh, yeah, he's a redshirt junior. He's a redshirt junior. So that's what I thought. I was just wanted to make sure I had my facts right. He's a redshirt junior. So like, it's a, somebody with college experience that Caleb Downs can say, "Hey, man, what the heck did I just see right there?" <laughs> that that's not what I haven't seen that in, in, in high school yet. Uh, so look, I in Saban we trust always, always. I'm never gonna. I'm not gonna uh, question Coach Saban when when it comes to per- personnel and player acquisition and recruiting because he's proven over 16 years to be very, very good at recruiting, player acquisition, and roster management. Um, I am a little bit sad because I like Terry and Arnold, uh, I, I, but I'm not sad that he won't get to play. I'm, I'm just hopeful that he takes the news and pushes himself that extra 10, 15% over the summer. Uh, but if he doesn't, then we have our, oh, a little safety net in Trey Amos. I think it's a great move for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, I think, you know, looking at what happened last year with the defensive backs and, you know, looking at, obviously Saban's had his eyes on the team all offseason. And I think that he's looking at what we did last year and thinking we needed a deeper team we needed a deeper position group to be able to dip into at times last year 
And obviously, you know, you've got some different guys in different roles this year with draft picks and whatnot, but especially at corner, you know, it's a lot of the same. You know, Kool-Aid's back, Terry Arnold is back, and I think that this is a, a huge pickup, really. I mean, for the stability of that defensive back room, which is something that we really need. I mean, obviously, a, a new defensive coordinator will see how, you know, our defensive back unit plays differently compared to last year, and hopefully it's in a positive way. But bringing in a guy like this just lends so much to that that room and gives, you know, more options for, you know, different formations that, you know, you can spread and have three pretty elite seeming defensive backs or, you know, even if he doesn't pan out, it just it adds something to that room that can't be a bad thing. It's it's a good thing all around. Well, you had competition and. You think about, okay, you, you, right before 8A, you did lose two defensive backs. You lost Traquan Fagans. We hit on that yesterday. You lost Jacquez Robinson as well. Uh, so, so, like, numbers-wise, if you're looking for a one-to-one swap, you're still down by one. And so I guess this Jalen Key can, can, can uh, add that. He's not, a, he's not a corner, but he's a defensive back. Look, Coach Saban knows what he's doing, and we're all trying to get better all the time. I'm... I'm excited for it. Does it make me think that the defense is going to be much better? I, I, look, I think the defense is going to be good. I think I, I, it's going to be the number one team in the nation. No, but the defensive backs, I, look, Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid's starting to get into that Pat Sertan level where you are not going to throw at him. You're not going to throw at him at all. And so you get that second corner. If Tarion gets worn out, like, I, I think this works out as far as, all right, Tarion, you're getting thrown out a lot in this game. Whether he does well or not, whether he's covering well or not, you're getting thrown well, uh, thrown out a lot this game, hypothetically. Let's throw out, let's throw out Trey Amos to give you a breather instead of leaning on ju- tr- true freshman Jaleel Hurley or um, freshman who's not on the team because he's – Got legal issues, Tony Mitchell. Uh, you've got uh, you, you've got, uh, Des Ricks is a freshman. Like you've got a lot of young, young guys behind Terry and Arnold, inexperienced guys. So Trey Amos brings you, uh, g- g- gives you a body who knows what's going on in college football. Yeah, and you know, like you said, it is a young group. But like, like I mean, Des Ricks, that's a guy who I wouldn't mind seeing some playing time here or there. You just don't want to have to depend on those guys. You just don't want to have, you know, Terran Arnold goes down with an injury and then all of a sudden you're just rotating a bunch of true freshmen in to basically be the primary. Because, I mean, like you said, people are going to start not throwing the ball at Kool-Aid. They already have. Um, and that's only going to be worse this season. So, you know, whoever's on the other side, if Terran Arnold, you know, needs to play off or if, you know, he goes down and twists his ankle or something, you need to be able to be confident in who you're putting in there. And, Obviously, there's reason to be somewhat confident in these freshmen, but I think it's a case of you sprinkle them in. You don't want to depend on them. A hundred percent. That's a great, great phrase. A great way to put it. Uh, let them get experience where it comes and not where it's needed, not where they're needed. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and hit our break right here. We're going to go out to the Derry Daniel State Farm hotline in just a minute in the second segment. We'll welcome you to jump on and join us. Our guy, Jeff in Tennessee, wants to, I'm sure, talk about NBA playoffs and other things on the other side. Well, you guys can jump in and join us if you want to talk about tr- uh, Trey Amos, or if you want to talk about Alabama's baseball win over Troy, uh, you can do that as well. SEC softball for, for uh, SEC softball tournament is started today for Alabama at four o'clock. That's also on the table. All topics on the table right here in Cup of Joe. This is Midday Madness. You're listening on Tide 100.9. If you need insurance, like a good neighbor. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partially sunny this afternoon. A few spots could see a shower or storm through the evening hours. The high today, 87. Tonight's low, 66. Or tomorrow and Friday, cloudy at times with scattered showers and thunderstorms both days. Highs between 82 and 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best place for your high school football coverage is right here on Tide 100.9 and online on Tide100.9.com. Seth, what's the longest that you've ever had a bout with hiccups before? You get the hiccups. Everybody gets the hiccups. Everybody gets the hiccups. Welcome back in the Tide 100.9 Cup of Joe. But what's like the longest period? Five minutes? An hour? 30 minutes? What do you think the longest that it is that you've ever had the hiccups before? Personally, I don't think I've ever gone any longer than maybe two hours yeah i think okay that's that's a long time that sounds like a long time to me i was gonna say somewhere in the 20 30 minute range in my in, in my uneducated opinion uh because i haven't ever really studied hey joe how long you've ever had the hiccups what about having the hiccups for an entire year what that's the record right that's the uh well i'm only bringing this up because state of alabama legend auburn football legend Bo Jackson, today, this morning, you know, they're out there at the Regents Tradition. They're up there at the Regents Tradition playing uh, playing golf at Greystone, right? All the other, it's the Pro-Am day before, before the real guys get going. Bo Jackson tells, uh, tells a Birmingham radio station that he's been dealing with, uh, with hiccups for over a year. He says, I wasn't at the, uh, the Frank Thomas ceremony. Apparently, Auburn um, unveiled a Frank Thomas statue. I wasn't at the, at the Thomas ceremony because I, I'm dealing with hiccups. I've had hiccups since last July. I'm getting medical procedure done by the end of this week, I think, to try to remedy, remedy it. I've been busy sitting at the doctor, poking me, shining lights down my throat, probing me every way they can find why I've got these hiccups. That's the only reason I wasn't there. I've done everything. They've scared me. I've hung upside down, drank water, smelled the ass of a porcupine. It doesn't work. Oh, can you like look hiccups is not like debilitating, but it's just annoying. It's just annoying. And if you have for over a year. God gave that man the most athletic body of all time and then also cursed him <laughs> with a year of hiccups. He's like, you're gonna, you're, I don't know how often it is for him, like if it's every second or every day. How annoying. Jeff in Tennessee, what's the longest you've ever had hiccups? Jeff went once. He's thinking. Or, or he's asleep. He's asleep. Hang up on him. It's fine. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, love that little snore in there. That was funny. That was funny. That was good job. Uh, he said, "Be more entertaining." If you didn't catch that, uh, no hiccups for a year. Uh, I, that would that would suck. That'd be awful. Uh, all right, let's move into the next. Our, our next thing: Alabama uh, baseball won last night against Troy. Great job. Awesome. Uh, last night, the Philadelphia 76ers were in. 
Yeah, we're in, we're in Boston, right? It was game five. It was in Boston, and it won by a, a large amount. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. Boston should be ashamed of themselves. Boston should be ashamed of themselves because, look, you, you, you lose a game where they don't have Joel Embiid, you, and, and then you, you're so, you should be so ashamed of yourself. It was 115 to 103. They should have swept this series. Boston should have swept this series uh, because – I think that they are, on paper, a better team than, than, than Philly. Yes, I know Philly has the, the reigning MVP. And we spent all day Monday, Monday or Tuesday, talking about jo, uh, James Harden still being a top 15 player. So I know both those, uh, b- b- both those points still stand, absolutely. But you look at the rest of Philly's roster, and it's nothing that that's it's really that scary. Yes, Tobias Harris is pretty good, and P.J. Tucker is a dog, but he's not really that special of a player. Boston. You, there's no way, wait, Boston. How many times are you going to get with this group? With this group, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, J- Jalen Brown, Al Horford. How many times? How, how much? How close are you going to get with this group to only piss it away? Urinated. I would just just get. get oh, but one. It makes me happy because I don't really love Boston. <laughs> it makes Amen. me. It makes me laugh because it feels like they ha- they they bring the traditional northeastern arrogance, the northeastern entitlement that we you know the Garden, Larry Bird in the Garden. We deserve the Larry O'Brien Trophy. And maybe it was the. Uh, the, the, the Showtime Lakers series that perpetuated a lot of those Boston narratives for me recently. <laughs> oh, man. man. But it's Joe Missoula. Joe Missoula in the press. Co- oh, dude, you're 34 years old. You're one year older than I am, which great. You've advanced very, very well in your career. But don't be going to the media after game number two, after you've won and, and, and saying, oh, y'all aren't going to ask about all oh, y'all aren't going to ask about all the adjustments that I made and walked off like an arrogant little. I'm sorry. You're 34 years old. You lucked into this situation. You lucked into this situation because the previous coach couldn't keep his uh, his pants buttoned. He couldn't keep his hands to himself. Joe Mazzula, I'm sorry, my guy, but this is going to go down as a failure on your record. This is going to go down as a failure on your record, and the 76ers are going to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. To, uh, last year, the Celtics were down 3-2 to the Milwaukee Bucks, and they ended up winning two games in a row. Uh, so, so, great. Exan still happened for the Celtics. But, but Jason Tatum is just that guy who doesn't seem like, oh, it doesn't seem like he's got, got it all together. I mean, at the end of regulation, two games ago, and overtime, gives up the ball. Gives up the ball. Doesn't want it to take the winning shot. Gives up the ball. And, yes, you could say, oh, it's a good basketball play. It's the right basketball play. He gives up the ball. To Marcus Smart both times, who ended up uh, ended up one was a miss and one was a make that was too late. Uh, look, Jason Tatum, not that guy. 40, 40 minutes, eleven of twenty seven, three of eleven from three point line. You're shooting your team out of the game. Uh, Jason Tatum uh, always likes to say how much he's a Kobe stan, how much he's a Kobe Bryant lover, how much he models his game after Kobe Bryant. Well, again, one thing you have gotten correct from Kobe Bryant, you are like you can shoot your team out of a game just like Kobe could shoot his team out of a game. Now, look, people say, oh, you can't disparage Kobe like that. But look, let's be honest with ourselves. As good as Kobe was, he also had a little bit of tendency to sometimes shoot his teams out of games. Now, maybe a lot of that later in his career was because the Lakers teammates that he had were (laughs) not that great. It had been a long time since he played with Pau Gasol. (laughs) Uh, so, So there's a little bit of Kobe just needs to take all the shots. It ain't like that for the Boston Celtics. They've got a lot of good players. They got a lot of good players. Jason Tatum. 
Just not that guy, pal. Let's head out. Jeff, we, he's, he's, he is awake. I think he was just trying to make a play on how boring I am. Jeff, how we doing, man? Pretty good. I, I told him Nick Saban and Trey Jones. Thomas says they want to find out who quarterback going to be. <laughs> who is going to be quarterback? Says, I told you Ty Simpson going to start. Don't be worried about it. All right, I ain't worried. And if, he, and if he don't, if he don't, Nick Saban don't know nothing about no quarterback because he, he recruited Tua and he kept it in too long hurt that hip. Mm-hmm. Y'all need to quit worrying about that stuff. That's why you don't recruit a wide to play quarterback. I'm flying a wide, you don't recruit them. See, they all right, play no quarterback. Okay, that's, all just, right. that's just your. But I, I, I did want to say, uh, I did want to say, I wanted to say uh, about Joe Cap and Denny Crone. they did two did pass. Yes, I just want to say for their families. I know that they're going through a lot. I don't know. I know you don't know who Denny Crum is. Or, do you know who that is? I know who Denny Crum is. I don't know the first name. Joe Cap. You said Joe Cap. He, he coached California to, to the play in eighty two, eighty two to eighty six. Stanford. Okay. Was, John Elway played for Stanford. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he coached Cal. In. He's the only quarterback to play in the Rose Bowl, the Super Bowl, and the Grey Cup. Hey, man, that Grey Cup and is ever, pretty prestigious. He's only ever to do it. He played in the last He played in the last game between the NFL and the AFL Super Bowl Four. Kansas City and Minnesota. Minnesota was heavily favored, but Kansas City won it. I know you remember 65 Toss Power Trap, don't you? Yeah. That, that's a Hank Stram playing that game. Okay, okay, well, great. I'm saying they mic'd him up for the NFL films. People can watch it's great, it's class. They mic'd him up, and he was on the sidelines, and he talked about all, you know, his classic about what he did. I'm just saying, those two guys passed away and, uh, and everything. In the NBA playoffs, I watched the Nuggets and Suns last night. Uh, it might be over for the Suns. I hope not. But let, let me ask you, Jeff. How do you, if you're Monty Williams, how do you not have your team ready to play? You get blown out by 20 in the first quarter. You make a little comeback, and you got blown out again in the third quarter. You don't have your team ready to play well, in the playoffs. Booker didn't, Booker didn't play well, but Jokic, Jokic should have had technical foul. He has no business in being subtle. He's got no you're right. You're right. I agree with you there. He should have had a T on him right now. He, he should have. I mean, Durant should have. He should have done a leader. But Jokic had no business over. I agree with Very. you. Jokic is a little bit of that, like, He's an instigator, but he he plays dumb. Oh, he, he, plays, no doubt about it. he, he plays, no doubt about it. He likes that. to play dumb. He's like, no, not me, not this yeah, year. No, he, 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 he likes to he likes to he likes to act and flop like he did with Durant. <laughs> yes, yes, night. yes, yes. Oh, but he knows he had no business flop. trying to sneak into that huddle. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he, he said. He said. Uh, he, he was like. He was like. He was like. Grant, I learned how to fall down at Williams in the feet. Learned how to fall down at Williams. He learned how to fall down when he was flopping over in college. He learned how to. Flop over. Grant Williams, he's, he's a good little player with Boston now. Boston, I'm not saying that's his nickname in college. Or I learned that of all that when he when he tried to fly. But remember that Jamie Vanderbilt, 25 or 25 free throws. He couldn't miss no free throw. That one night. Who was know. his other teammate that was really good? That was really good with uh with the uh, Ad- Ad- Admiral Schofield. Yes. They couldn't do anything anyway. Yes. They beat they, they beat Kentucky and got happy beaten and Bruce Pearl beat him the next day, so they couldn't do nothing. They, they 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 got a ladder up, started cutting the nets down. The semi final, they thought they'd won a championship. <laughs> Pro beat him the next day. Pearl beat that ass. Told him, told him to go on to not. Oh, he's our favorite, Bruce Pearl. But but no, nah, but no, nah, I just want I just want to say what uh, the SEC tournament y'all got in Missouri now. Y'all gonna be able to beat Missouri. I think we will. Uh, I'm feeling good about beating Missouri today. I'm not feeling good about beating uh, beating Arkansas tomorrow. Oh, and I'm feeling even worse about beating Tennessee on hypothetically Friday. 
probably play Tennessee if y'all beat Arkansas. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, yes. be a, I mean, it'd be a shock. If you take me to Tennessee and ACC, that'd be a shock if they did that. I, I'm just saying I don't feel good about our chances, Jeff. I don't feel great about our chances to come away with the uh, with, with the ship this weekend. Yeah, I don't. I, I know. I'm saying I, I wouldn't either. But I know Kentucky. Kentucky Swift. They got Tennessee this weekend in baseball, and, and the balls want to piece up. That's what happened last year. Last year, you do know that Kentucky's the only team to beat them the series last year. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so, you know they they, they, they want a piece of they want a piece of Kentucky always with that. I want to ask you do one thing. Do you think all of the stuff they did last year, like flipping people off with the coach? Do you, is that, do you think it's come back to bite them? I sure hope so, and yes, I do think it is. Because no, people have long memories. Yeah, look, no, was it, was it, was it the Ole Miss? Years, I'm was it the Ole Miss team uh, that they threw the bat into the Ole Miss dugout after a home run? They threw a bat into some. I mean, yeah, but I'm saying I'm glad until the stuff they did last year. Like throwing stuff on the field, like the guy on the inside reach, the flipping people off, and all. You remember that? Yeah, no. They, 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 last year they threw a bat into. It was oh yeah, they did that. Yeah, they did that too. Yeah, they did that. It was too, either yeah. Auburn or Ole Miss's yeah. dugout. Yeah, they did that. Yeah, they did and that. Then, too, and then yeah. you saw Vitello bumping into the uh, official, bumping into the umpire. No, it's that fur coat and all that. Yeah, and, 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 and I'll tell you, look, Jeff, we weren't we weren't that good at baseball last year, but we did get one win off of them, and we celebrated it, and they cried like babies oh, about I our celebration. They do that stuff on the field against they play Notre Dame. Right, right, right. No, so they're a bunch. I'm sorry, they're a bunch of jackasses. And if well, it, what it, I'm it, saying, what I'm saying is all that stuff they did. Do you think it's come back to bite because they're fifth in the? They're, they they were speaked to finish real high in the East, and they're fifth, they're two games. Kentucky's two games ahead of them going into the weekend. Yes, I do think it came back to bite. I think the pressure. I think they put pressure on themselves by with that. People want to beat them even more because of last year. And then you, you also have to, are we still going to parade around like the arrogant a-holes? And, and, and are we going to be able to back it up or not? I think, yes, I 100% think, think it's come back to bite them. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it has too. Because I, I don't know, I don't think they're going to host a regional this year. I don't think they're going to do that. And you know what? The Tennessee fans aren't even going to notice, Jeff, because they're all jo- Johnny. Like, they, they didn't even realize no, the, 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 until the, 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 last year the, 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 that they had a baseball the, the, team. The reason why is because they came out with the win total. They said <laughs> Tennessee's going to win nine next year. Did you know that? Uh, for football, yes. I saw for nine football, and a half. Yeah. I saw no. nine. I, 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 um, do you like that nine and a half over? Uh, I, I like 0. 0.5. Myself. <laughs> well, that's not going to be. <laughs> I, I like. That's 0. the 0. 0.1. That's, 0. 1, that's an easy bet, Jeff. That makes for an easy well, bet. Easy. <laughs> I'll go the way under negative 0.5. Negative five. Well, I would say that's going to be a loser. I think Tennessee will win one game oh, they next win year. One. They're going to beat UTSA and probably Austin B. They'll beat them now. Go Governors. Well, how about the North Florida Ospreys last night beat South Carolina? How about that? I missed on that. I'm sorry. Yeah, North Florida Ospreys beat South Carolina. How about them Ospreys? All right, go Atlantic? Ospreys. <laughs> How about the Atlantic Sun? Yeah, I'll let y'all. Yeah, it was a good week. Thanks, Jeff. Y'all. Have a great week. That's Jeff in Tennessee having a whole lot of fun with us here. I do think Tennessee is going to win more than half a game next year, but I think that nine and a half is a fun number. I do think it's a fun number. Um, <laughs> I'm glad Tennessee has not been as good this year. I got a couple of Tennessee buddies who like figured out in the postseason last year. Hey, man, our baseball team won today. I'm like, dude, y'all been good all year. Y'all been, y'all been in my uh, in my face all year long and uh yeah so look they don't even know that they're not as good this year they don't know they don't know they, uh, is that just sports in general only following teams when they win 
Or is that just Tennessee fans? A little bit of both. A little bit of both? Little okay. Bit of both. All right. Uh, are, you, are you with me on Joe Mazzula slander? On, on, on Joe Mazzula acting like a, you know, a you know what to the media after the game two. They won game two. And he said, oh, y'all are going to ask me about all the adjustments that I made. Like, dude, you're 34 years old. You're not really doing a whole. I, I'm so I don't think you're doing a whole lot here with these grown ass men playing NBA basketball. Like, what are you really doing? Like, oh, it's double team. Uh, let's double team Harden. <laughs> you inherited a team that went to the championship. <laughs> yes. But like, you know. I think he's just trying to play it as whatever, as cool and how he, whatever, however he feels he needs to do it, you know. And I think that, you know, dare I say that his coaching style is maybe hindering the team a little bit at this point. What way? What do you mean? I mean, so, you know, obviously all season there, there haven't been any complaints against him. The Celtics sure. have been winning. They've been great. Uh, people some people were even at one point saying, is he an upgrade from Ime Aduka, uh, yeah, Udoka? Um, and people thought that, you know, yeah, maybe we're better off with Joe Missoula than Udoka. I, at this point, don't know if you can say that. I mean, you look at where they are in this series, and you look at how they were last year, I think whatever was done differently last year, uh, whatever the, the secret leadership style, the secret w- whatever tendencies, you know, just the co- the plays even, whatever it was. Um, and I think maybe it was that Udoka had a little more, you know, he, he had, he was around, you know, he he was named obviously the coach and it was expected. You know, Missoula was kind of thrown in there. I mean, it, at one point in time, they were not expecting Missoula to be the coach. Very, I mean, people forget this all went down right before the NBA regular season started. Pretty much, not not right before, but you know, it, this wasn't something that was unfolding over the summer. It was in September, I believe, when yes. the Udoka story was coming out, and that he was no longer going to be the coach. So, you know, you throw that in there. Obviously, he this, the team responds great all regular season. You think. Wow, this what a seamless transition. And then all of a sudden you get to the playoffs now against the Sixers and you're running into a problem in this series. And, you know, obviously Missoula has made some changes that have helped them win games in this series. He needs to make changes again. I mean, they they obviously were just last night, if anyone watched that game, the the Sixers pretty much got that lead and just held, the, held it the whole time. They just held it the entire game. Wire they, to wire. They control. stayed up by about ten points the entire game. The Celtics never got close, and like you mentioned, I think you mentioned Jason Tatum. I I brought it up to you before your show, man. I mean, obviously you look at the box score; he had a lot of points, cool, but he was so inefficient, and that's just been a common theme. And I think it takes a coach like an Ime Odoka, maybe hopefully a Joe Missoula for Celtics fans. For me, as a Knicks fan, hopefully not. Always praying on their downfall, um, but you know Missoula needs to step in and be like. Jalen Brown, when you shoot the ball more, we tend to win. Jalen Brown, you need to shoot the ball more. Jason Tatum, if your shots aren't falling, you are the franchise player. You obviously have a green light. I need you to be smarter with the ball. I need you to not just chuck up shots a la Kobe and, you know, shoot us out of a game. Jalen Brown is – I mean, I've seen discourse on Twitter I was looking at this morning. People are starting to – float the idea that Jalen Brown is indeed a better basketball player than Jason Tatum. Straight he, up. He is. Yeah, and I agree. <laughs> he is. I think at this moment, you know, 
obviously that is something that people can be prisoner of the moment. Tatum hasn't been playing well. Brown's been playing better, and and as a whole this year in the playoffs, you know. But you know, looking back over the Celtics, Jason uh, uh, Jason Tatum is you know kind of hitting a slump, and Jalen Brown is a guy that. If he doesn't get more usage here in the playoffs, not only are they going to lose this series, they're going to lose him in free agency. They lose this series, Jalen Brown is gone. Yeah, this team's getting blown up. And it's a lot of pressure on, you know, a Joe, a Joe Missoula, first-year coach. So we'll see what they do, but it's it's looking dire for them at but, the moment. Uh, yes, it's looking dire, but it, they shouldn't be in this position. They shouldn't be here because they're on paper – on paper, now that the Bucks are out, on paper, now that the Bucks are out, they're the best team in the East. Uh, Incredibly I mean, deep. No, no disrespect to you, Knicks or, or the Heat, just scrapping up. Uh, you know, they're they're fighting. The Sixers have a small argument, but not. But no, on paper, you've got Jason Tatum is a top fifteen player in the league. Brown probably a top fifteen. Uh, yeah, they're both probably top twenty players in the league. Two of them. Marcus Smart, a great defender. Hey, you're getting you're getting you're getting a lot out of Marcus Al Horford veteran leadership. Uh, we just <laughs> Jeff in Tennessee brought up Grant Williams. Like they they have a lot of great pieces. Ah uh, man, I got a couple buddies who are Celtics fans who every year they come up with excuse every year they come up with excuse and it's because they have to. Oh, I'm sorry, Kim Rankin. It's going to be another sad year unless they can get it figured out. All right, well, we're going to hit our break right here. We'll come back with our final segment. Our final segment, we can touch on Nuggets and Suns. We can touch on Bama softball. We can touch on really anything that's going on. Hiccups, maybe, again. (laughs) We'll talk about that and more right here on Cup of Joe Midday Madness on Tide 100.9. This is a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 sports update. I'm Kim Rankin with your Tide Sports Update. Former Louisiana cornerback Trey Amos has transferred to Alabama. Former Alabama defensive back Kareem Jackson has re-signed with the Denver Broncos. This has been a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 sports update. For more info on these stories and more, download the Tide 100.9 app. You're listening to the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9. We are the New York Knicks. We are the New York Knicks. Say go New York, go New York, go. All right, Seth, make your pitch to your Knicks. You only got a couple minutes left in the show. A couple Joe Midday Madness. The Knicks are in an elimination game tonight. Make your pitch to Julius Randle. Give a, give 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 the uh, the Seth Shirey coaching hat for about one minute here. What can you, what are you going to tell your daggum Knicks to get back into this series? I'm just going to insert that uh, that Michael Irvin clip from when he was on. Uh, I, I don't even know what show it was, but you know the clip I'm talking about. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> That's the energy I need from Julius Randle tonight. Obviously, I mean, everyone is super, super mad at him about that quote he had about maybe they just want it more. Um, my, you know, people, he's been getting slammed by Nick's Twitter. Uh, people, obviously, it's been a contentious relationship for a while now, but... Um, you know, my question to all those people who are trying to drag him and, you know, slander him and all this before the series is even over, is he wrong? No, he is wrong. Is he wrong? It's heat culture, baby. It's, I mean, you, you like anyone who's watched this series, it's he's Jimmy just Butler. saying the truth. He is saying the truth. And it's, you know, 
people were like, well, you're the leader. Do something about it. You know, and you think he can change heat culture overnight? Can he change the Knicks? Cult? No, this is heat culture. Pat Riley, we're going to run. We're going to outwork you. Heat cult- oh, look, they may be the least talented team left in the playoffs, but they're going to work out. They're going to they're going to work and they're going to let Jimmy Butler ride. Jimmy, but let Hemi Butler cook. I think a lot of Knicks fans and I'm going to list myself kind of in this. I think a lot of Knicks fans, they saw Milwaukee go down and they got a little overconfident. I think that we beat Cleveland. We saw that we were getting Miami and we, we just started rubbing our hands together. Oh my gosh, look at this. We just got gifted a trip to the Eastern Conference Finals. You know what's Not funny so about that? It's, it's funny. Uh, all the Miami stations that I listen to, all the Miami, they, they, they said the same thing opposite. Oh, we got past Milwaukee and now we have the Knicks? Oh, we are gone into the conference finals. So it's hilarious. Like, look, the Heat Knicks rivalry dates back to, you know, late 90s, early 2000, you know, and it was big time. It's a lot of fun to relive this this th- these two weeks. It's been a lot of fun to see these two fan bases who are very very passionate, very passionate, go at each other's necks, and it's been I would fun. Say it's not been fun. Well, not it's currently sitting down the barrel of a three one <laughs> series, but you know, if it was the other way around, I would be having the time of my life. Well, let's talk about some uh, a team that's not going to have the time of their life in June. Before we close out of here. All right. So yesterday, yes, more news comes out. College football world. Georgia, University of Georgia, announces that they are declining their invitation to the White House this coming up year. Um, and, okay, so many people want to say, oh, look at Kirby Smart making a political decision, slamming Joe Biden. No, 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 no. He's, you know, I don't think that's it at all. Uh, Georgia uh, said that the reason they can't go on June 12th is, unfortunately, the date suggested is not feasible given the student-athlete's calendar and that time of year. However, we are appreciative of the invitation and look forward to other opportunities for Georgia teams moving forward. That was the official statement from Georgia Athletics. Look, Joe Biden, you're an idiot. You are an idiot. You want to invite a team... You want, you let, let's have College Athletes Day. That's what I want to do, Shep. I want to have College Athletes Day here at the White House, and we're going to invite all the best college athletes, all the best teams, all the winners. Uh, first, on the onset, that idea at stop, at pause right there. Sounds great. Great idea. Pause. Let's have all the champions. Let's have all the uh, – one day, we honor them all. Great. Sounds great. Joe Biden, when's the last time you were in school? When's the last time you had a son or a daughter or anyone in your life in school? No one is in school on June 12th. And okay, yes, that's not really the be all end all. But what happens with college athletes in June, Sep? You know exactly what happens in college athletes in June. Well, they're back in Florida. They're back in California. They're in Georgia. They're in Virginia. They're in, they're everywhere. They go back home. They train with their they, they, they train with their hometowns. They spend that now. Not all of them. Some of them are still in Tuscaloosa right here. If we're talking about Alabama, some of them stay in Tuscaloosa and work out right here, and they take summer classes. That's some of them. 50%, 60%, maybe 40%, somewhere between that 30 and 70% of the athletes stay. But somewhere between that 40 and 50% leave. They go out of, they go out of town. They go, they go back to their hometowns. They go see their mamas. They go see their daddies. They, they, they get back to the, where they're from. To invite Georgia on June 12th suggests that the, that the University of Georgia athlete, athletics program should fly all the kids back into Athens first. You got to get them back to Athens first for the trip to Washington. 
So we're we're going to do the logistics of getting, you know, Carson back. I don't know where these kids are from. Carson back and all, all the other Georgia kids. Uh, Brock Vandegrift, he's probably from somewhere down in LaGrange, Georgia. You know, all these... All these Georgia athletes, you want you want Georgia to pay to get the because that's what happens. Hey, you guys got to be back on campus. We're gonna pay. We're gonna make sure that you get here either by plane or by driving. We're gonna make sure you get back to campus. Joe Biden, you're you're an idiot. I'm sorry, and I'm not really trying to be even political, but like this is this is think for a second. If I want to have the Hillcrest High School Patriots right here in the station because they made it to the state finals, right? Uh, or they made it to the semifinals this past year. Uh, the, the, yeah, they made, they made it real far. Um, if I want to honor a team right here in the station, I'm going to choose, hey, uh, principal, what day can the kids get out? Oh, on a Friday uh, before the end of the semester? Yeah, uh, it's going to have to be about 3 o'clock because they don't want to miss classes. Great, sure. Call the deckham schools. Call the schools. Call the athletic departments and work it out. Don't... This is, oh, now, yes, Georgia went last year. Georgia went last year when they were invited on an appropriate day. What, Alabama, whenever we, we went to the, to the White House, it was always February-ish, you know, a couple weeks after the championship, right when the guys are still in school, right when, you know, Nick Saban and all the administration knows exactly where they are. In, on February 10th, Nick Saban can probably pull up a roster and say, well, Johnny's in, in econ class and Billy's in <laughs> in science class. And, and uh, you know, Stevens, uh, he's on study hall, so he's not in the like, don't. Why are you doing this in June, Biden? You're you're an idiot. OK, you, you this is on the piggybacks. Uh, this is on the on the heels of of your wife wanting to invite Iowa and LSU to the national uh, to to to, uh, to the White House. It seems like LSU will. Uh, it seems like everybody that's getting invited is getting invited on June 12th. And I'm sorry, this isn't just about Georgia. This is about all the college athletes that are <laughs> that are invited. It's like, <laughs> do you not know how college semesters work? I don't think they gave any thought to it. And they were just like, oh, when can we, when can we slide them in? What day is going to work? And they just the date without any consideration whatsoever it's, it, it's, it's stupid like you're not even you're not th- you think a little bit like if i extend an invitation to you Seth, i'm going to want you to come because i wrote it out i planned it but like if you say hey man not going to be able to make it next friday i'll say my my, my response will be oh okay uh, maybe two fridays three fridays Let, let's work something out let's not just say this is our college athletes day be there or be square. Look, I'm sure the I, I, I'm sure the athletes aren't really that crying about it because I've heard some of their story. Uh, I heard some of the Alabama stories of going up there. It's like a two hour trip. You fly up there, you, you shake a bunch of hands, and you fly on back. Yes, I'm sure it's very cool. I've never been in the White House before. I would love to be in the White House just to experience it and see it and just like, I'm sure it's very cool. Drink about 15 Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I would love to do that. <sighs> Biden, you're you're dumb. You're dumb for inviting them on, on June 12th. And then and then I also want to say the people who are you know using this as a political win that Georgia is taking a stand against Biden. No, they're not. It's just not feasible. It's just not econ- like the stand is that Biden is an idiot for 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 inviting a bunch of college kids on a day where. There's not going to be any college classes. Sure, there. I know there's summer classes. I know, but the most of the most college students don't take summer classes. Only the most dedicated. Only the best. <laughs> so Joe, um, 
You got to re- rework this, man. Rework this. Joe and Jill, college athletes today, June 12th. My man, nobody's in school. No one is there. Okay, so uh, some professional teams have made the trip. Uh, I'm, I'm reading uh, Witter and this one. Have made the trip to the White House and visit during Biden's administration. This year's NCAA men's and women's championship teams from UConn and LSU are scheduled to visit on May 26th. So that's like in two weeks. Wait, why are we doing it right there? Why are, not, why are we not doing it right there? You're already bringing UConn and LSU on the 26th? Joe, put two and two together. You Put two and two together. Let's not have it. Don't invite them after the... Oh, dummy, dummy. All right, Seth's playing me off. I'm getting into too many dangerous waters in the political world. We want to say big thanks to Seth Shirey hanging out with me today. Big thanks to Joe, uh, uh, Jeff in Tennessee. Excuse me, Jeff in Tennessee on the Derrick Daniel State Farm Hotline. I want to give another shout-out to Derrick Daniel. Having surgery today, he and his son, Caden, having surgery today after a car accident. Uh... God was looking out for those guys. If you see the car, he was looking out for both those guys. Big thanks for the Lord's provision over Derek Daniel and his son, Caden, and hopefully that their surgeries go well. Give Derek in his office call at 205-758-3391 if you want to be a part of his team and have great coverage for your home life and auto insurance. Uh, I know he's not going to be in the office, but his team will be, and they'll be happy to serve you uh, today. So give Derek Daniel at State Farm a call at 205-758-3391. My man, Sepp Shirey, is playing us out. Big Noon Sports, we're going to have Lars Anderson and Christian Miller coming up next.